Um, and so when Steve was done with his run, I was having a little bit of a, a focus block. And so for him to kind of um, come and talk to me about his experience, and we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit, was, was, a, was a help to me and a blessing as well. So uh, for the month of July, the Travises have been uh, giving more of what I probably more accurately called a, a lecture rather than a sermon, which is why we've been talking from this area. That area from the pulpit is reserved for thus saith the Lord about a topic or we're going through, you know, Dr. Stokes or Pastor Trevor is going through a passage of scripture or, or a book. Uh, so that's what I'm talking from here. And I think that's good, that, that, that works well with what we're talking about today. Uh, last week we took a look at the hymnal, how it's put together and ways to find things where you're um, looking at putting together an order of service or you're looking for a particular song. Um, and then we talked also about the metering and how the, the uh, hymn is actually put together, focusing on stressed and unstressed syllables. Um, and then uh, last week I finished my talk in comparing a hymn to a praise song as a trade-off of teaching congregants theology versus writing a praise and worship song. A modern praise and worship song has it taking the goal upon itself to teach the congregation anything. It's not weaving multiple passages of scripture normally. It, it, it might, um, but it, its focus itself is on whatever topic the song is about, whether it's, it's just a worship song expressing to God thanks for his creation, a song where we as the body are coming together as worshiping him and uh, you know, a dedication type song or a prayer song where we're unburdening ourselves and then also, uh, you know, a, a song of testimony and praise for the greatness that God has done for us. Um, so today I'd like to um, talk about finding the right balance between songs that teach us theology or bring about some kind of emotion. Uh, there are songs that focus on the body of Christ and in those uh, songs, we're, we're, we like those songs those, uh, because we are worshiping as a community of faith, and those songs have the, pro, the pronoun we often, right? We think, as I say we, hopefully you can think about some songs where that's used, where that is the focus. We are worshiping the Lord, right? We're not asking the Lord to do something for us. Uh, versus songs that use the word I, and finding that right balance and tension between those categories. So this morning I want to talk about theology versus emotion and community versus individuality. As uh, this is my struggle as your uh, minister of worship here for the last twenty for the last twenty years is I enjoy singing hymns. I grew up with them, uh, but I also enjoy learning new songs and teaching them to you and bringing new stuff that I think are theologically appropriate uh, for our worship services. Uh, before we get to scripture passages, uh, I want to focus on the words we see that get used or that are interchanged for the worship of God. Um, throughout scripture, you will see they worship the Lord, the word worship. They, see, they also use the word bow. They bowed in worship, um, or they bowed before somebody in respect, and then also praise. And all these uh, explanations um, make sense when we hear them or read them in a passage. So the word worship in Hebrew is, I, I think it's pronounced shecha, which means to depress or to prostrate yourself. So a worship is still a bowing motion. And then the word bow uh, in Hebrew is geshet, which means to bend. So both of those instances where you're seeing the word worship or bow, the person is, is bowing low or prostrating themselves before the Lord. And then there are several words in Hebrew for, for praise. Uh, some of them are halal, yada, tahiyah, 
or Tehila, that's, that would be the more Spanish, I suppose, <laughs> Tehila, Zamar. Uh, and those words mean different things, uh, but they it's to be clear, it's to boast, to rave, or to celebrate, to sing praise, or to give renown. And the last one, Zamar, is to, uh, in praise, you're touching a string or part of an instrument um, when you are worshiping the Lord. Uh, so the first focus this morning I want to show or talk about is the individual, the focus on ourselves. Um, and the first instance of someone worshiping the Lord is in Genesis chapter 24. If you would turn your Bibles with there with me. In this section, um, so Sarah has died and uh, Isaac has yet to find a wife. And in this in this story, Abraham is sending his... his um, his servant, who's head of his household, to search for a wife of Rebecca. And if you recall this story, uh, the servant is approaching where he's going because Abraham wants him to go back to his family and not um, seek a wife amongst the the heathens, right? The, the non-believers. So he wants to send him back to family. And uh, he says, and the servant on the way there says, hey, Lord, um, Give me a sign, right? This is the sign I would like you to show me. I'm going to go water the camels, and then we're going to go to the well, or I want to water them. And then the woman that offers them without being asked is the one who um, who you have chosen for the wife to be for Isaac. And um, Rebecca is the one who approaches and does all that he is asked to do, um, or asking the Lord to do. So I want to... Um, Look at verse 22 through 27 of chapter 4 at his response. Am I in the right chapter? Making sure. Okay. Verse 22. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold ring weighing a half shekel and two bracelets for her wrists, weighing ten shekels in gold, and said, Whose daughter are you? Please tell me, is there room for us to lodge in your father's house? She said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. Again, she said to him, We have plenty of both straw and feed and room to lodge in. Then the man bowed low and worshipped the Lord. He said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his loving kindness and his truth toward my master. As for me, the Lord has guided me in the way to the house of my master's brothers. And then um, second, the second instance where the word worship or bow down takes place is later in Genesis in chapter 47. And uh, this takes place uh, where uh, Jacob is about to die. We know the story of, of the famine, how the brothers went and they're reconciled after selling their brother Joseph to slavery. And so the whole family has moved uh, to Egypt uh, to, uh, to live together. And as, as Joseph is taking care of them. And in this instance, uh, Jacob is about to die, and he's asking, his, um, he's asking Joseph to make sure that when we leave, when we leave this place, when the Lord takes us back to the promised land, um, that uh, I want my bones taken with me, and I want them buried with my fathers. So um, in Genesis 47, verse 29 through 31, just to finish out the chapter, 29 says this, when the time for Israel, or Jacob, to die drew near, he called his son Joseph and said to him, Please, if I have found favor in your sight, place now your hand under my thigh and deal with me in kindness and faithfulness. Please do not bury me in Egypt, but when I lie down with my fathers, you shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. And he said, I will do as you have said. He said, Swear to me. So he swore to him. Then Israel bowed in worship at the head of the bed. 
So in both of these instances, the individual worshiper bows in, in worship and in prostration in reverence to the Lord. <coughs> Sorry, coughed into the microphone. Um, conversely, corporate worship. Before this, um, there's no... I'm going to... Oh. The call to hear and do the word is Exodus 20. So while I'm talking here, we can turn there. Exodus 20, which um, famously is is the, the giving of the Ten Commandments, which you know. So I'm not going to read that section of it. I want to skip down starting in verse 18 for the part we're a little bit less familiar with because uh, those of us who go to Christian school or, or uh, in classes already memorize the Ten Commandments. So let's skip down to 18 and let's finish or I'll stop after verse 21. All the people perceived the thunder and the lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. Then they said to Moses, Speak to us yourself and we will listen. But let no God speak to us or we will die. But, so not no God, but let not God speak to us and, and die. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, for God has come in order to test you, and in order that the fear of him may remain with you, so that you may not sin. So the people stood at a distance while Moses approached the thick cloud where God was. So God speaks to the people of Israel, and they are terrified because they are seeing thunder, they are seeing flashes of lightning, they are hearing the sound of a trumpet, and a smoking mountain. Uh, maybe this is where we get the smoke machines from in modern worship. Maybe they're trying to um, duplicate that effect on people. But all that is te- terrifying, right? When, when we're young, we see the... As we get older, we get used to thunder and lightning storms. But to put that together with the sounds of trumpets, loud trumpets, um, and then also smoke, it, and, and God's doing it on purpose, right? He's trying to instill in them a fear of himself so that they revere and that they respect him and fear of disobeying, disobeying him. So, um, but Moses tells them not to be, to be afraid. Uh, let's continue, verse 22 through 26. You shall not make other gods besides me, gods of silver or, or gods of gold. You shall not make for yourselves. You shall make an altar of earth for me and you shall sacrifice it on your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen, and every place where I cause my name to be remembered. I will come to you and bless you. If you make an altar of stone for me, you shall not build it out of cut stones. For if you wield your tool on it, you will profane it. You shall not go up by steps to my altar, so that your nakedness will not be exposed on it. So, they are to worship God alone and to give him offerings of praise and thanksgiving as the burnt and the peace offerings, wherever God chooses to place his name or tabernacle in the wilderness or temple. So, before that passage in Exodus, there's no mention of of corporate worship because the stories that have been recorded up to this point are are about individuals, right? We've been reading about uh, David. We've been reading about Adam. We've been reading about Noah and then Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. Um... So this is our this is our first focus where we're we're looking at the um, the purpose for worship and how you're going to do it. Okay. Um, so we should take from this pas- passage that God expects to be worshipped and in a specific and appropriate way. And just a couple of chapters before this, as the people of Israel have just crossed the Nile River, in chapter 15 of Exodus. Uh, you can flip back there as well. Verses 1 through 18 of chapter 15. Um, 
We have the first recorded song of the Bible as Moses and the people of Israel sing of their deliverance from Egypt. So this song talks about. Why don't you don't have to read? We don't have to read. The, I'm not going to read the song out loud, okay? Because it. it um, but what it does is it talks about what God did for the people and how He did it, and it's sung by all the people. So all the entire people are instructed to worship the Lord by giving sacrifices, which express their thanksgiving. And this is why we also give tithes to the Lord when we gather as a community of worship. Um, So, it is appropriate to worship both both as an individual and then also as a corporate body and to do it appropriately. Um, there also is the importance of, of being aware of the theological implications or the, the theological topic of the song. Um, so, if, if we could, I would like you to look at the songs. We're going to look at a couple of the hymns we already sang today. Um, normally we spread them out in the, the type, of, type of songs that they are, but today because it was a specific service, they're all songs about uh, God's protection. They're all prayer songs, right? But if you would, turn to First Hymn 686. So if we look at those, those words, um, O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast and our eternal home. Um, this, the, the hymn itself, the hymnal, says that this is based off of Psalm 90. So if we were to look at Psalm 90, sorry, this is a bit of a sword drill a little bit today. It's not as bad as some of I've had you guys do before. Um, but if we were to read through this, and I think I will, um, I think you will see that these words are, are taken from this psalm. O Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all your generations. Before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man back into dust and say, Return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight, or like yesterday when it passes away. Right? Um, There's a thousand ages in thy sight, like verse 4 are like an evening gone, short as the watch that ends the night before the rising sun. Verse 5, You have swept them away like a flood. They fall asleep. In the morning they are like grass, which sprouts anew. In the morning it flourishes and sprouts anew. Toward evening it fades and withers away. Verse 4 of the psalm says, A thousand ages... Wait, nope. Where was it? Um... Yeah, I think I'm thinking of the next one. That's okay. Um, let's keep reading. For we have been consumed by your anger, in verse 7, and your wrath have been dismayed. You have placed our iniquities before you, and our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days have inclined in your fury. We have finished our years like a sigh. As for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or if due to strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow. For soon it is gone, and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger? And your fury according to the fear that is due to you. So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Right? A thousand ages or time like a never-rolling stream bears all its suns away. They fly, forgotten as a dream, dies at the opening day. And then also, um, when I hear that verse, I also hear Second Peter 3, 8 and 9, which says, a thousand years as a day or vice versa, a day is as a thousand years, as well as God not being slow about His promise and being patient towards those who have not returned to Him yet.
Um, the second hymn we sang today was hymn 642, which was Abide With Me. And in that scripture passage, uh, the hymn is saying, it's taken from Deuteronomy 31.6, which says, The Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Um, so the, the hymn, the words there say, Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, the Lord with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, like our friends, they fail and they can't help us. Help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. Swift to the close ebbs out life's day. Earth, joys grow dim, its glories pass away. Change and decay in all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. Um, Maybe some of you are thinking when you hear that, Isaiah 47 and 8, which says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Uh, Verse 4 of the psalm, or of the hymn, says, "I, I fear no foe. With thee at hand to bless. Ills have no weight and tears no bitterness. Where is death's sting? Where grave thy victory? I will triumph still if thou abide with me. First Corinthians says, verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 55 says, Death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? So again, we see different scripture passages being weaved throughout the song. And then verse 5 Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shadows flee. In life, in death, O Lord, abide with me. Maybe this psalmist or uh, the songwriter is thinking of 1 Thessalonians four sixteen and 17, referring to the Lord returning and as we meet him in the air. But this person is not fearing death, right? Um, he is, his faith is in the Lord, so... In life and in death, the Lord is abiding with him. Um, the other um, hymns are, are similar. For, uh, it is well, and great is thy faithfulness. I need thee every hour. Um, you know, we already we already read great is, um, great is thy faithfulness. We sing it after we read Lamentations 3, so we know that that is taken from that passage of Scripture. And then the other ones, we could go through the Psalms and see how different parts uh, are, are woven in between those songs. And then I do want to talk about hymn number 580, which is a chorus. Right? Um, the scripture passage there underneath the, the number 580 says, Trials have come so that your faith may be genuine. Um, 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7 says more. It says, Um, In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith may be more precious than gold which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the hymn writer is thinking of that passage. It comes up with a very simple tune, right? Through our lives... Uh, we have learned to trust in God. We've learned to trust in Jesus. No matter what we've gone through, we've learned to depend upon His Word. So, um, it, it's good to have the. It's good to have both. Uh, it is good to weave passages of Scripture talking about different subjects. We're talking about life and depth and, and God's uh, watch care over us for our for our lives, which is the, like it's the it's the theme of today, right? And then through it all, just a simple chorus that uh, that can be repetitive, but it, it means 
it means so much to us, right? And we can sing it heartfelt, and we can sing it emotionally. Um, so it's important for us as we read the Bible we, to go through difficulties of our life and, and know that the, the, the characters of the saints that have gone before us also went through difficult times, and they were emotional about those things. So if we just look at the life of King David, right? Um, he goes from being a shepherd to being highly favored after uh, killing Goliath, but because uh, King Saul is jealous of his fame, he's hunted several times. Uh, and then as he becomes king, he's hunted again. Uh, he is to flee for his life because his sons, who have not been named his heir, are chasing after him as well. So, which is that, so this is the reason why we get psalms of, of prayer and, and uh, psalms of distress, right? So if, uh, if you would, turn your Bibles to the book of Psalm chapter 13. We'll look at a psalm of prayer. It says this, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider, answer me, O Lord my God, enlighten my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my adversaries will rejoice when I am shaken. But I have trusted in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully for me. Uh, uh, Dr. Travis uh, spoke about this a couple weeks ago. Yes, my wife. Yes. She likes to be called doctor. Um, the, The psalmist, even when they're in pain and agony and in fear... Right, we know that their trust is still in the Lord. And then um, the flip side, we know that David had great highs as well, right? The Lord delivered him several times from his adversaries. Uh, he is eventually made king. And just a very brief psalm of praise. Uh, one of my favorites, Psalm 100. It's just a straight psalm of thanksgiving. It's five short verses. He says, Shout joyfully to the Lord. All the earth, serve the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. Again, it, it's great to have these two things. We are emotional. We have fears, right? It, it, which is uh, great the way that we that the service is sectioned out. We can worship the Lord in different ways. We're singing Him different songs, and and different members of the body, as we know, are going through different things at different times. We know that some of the people in our congregation are going through pain. Physical pain, right? Some of them are going through emotional pain, and it is appropriate that they that they express themselves that way. And at the same time, we have people who are going through um, a time of great praise and thanksgiving, which is why Eric and I did the Thanksgiving offering. God has blessed us greatly uh, in this period of our lives. Just to, you know, not jinx anything, but. Um, so it's appropriate to acknowledge those things. And I also want to uh, look at one more story. If we'll flip, 
if you'll flip with me back to Second Samuel chapter 6, uh, another um, very famous passage where, um, so the ark has, um, the ark of, that was put in the tabernacle, um, there's no temple, right? And they're no longer in the wilderness, so they're in the promised land, and there's no temple that has been built yet. So it is just residing in somebody's house, okay? And so this is the story of the ark coming back, uh, being brought back, and this is the story of David dancing. So let's look at that passage. We're going to skip the verse, uh, chapters 1 through 11, and we'll look at, uh, starting at 12, and we'll, we'll finish the section. Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him on account of the ark of God. David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And so it was that when the bearers of the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. And David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouting and the sound of trumpet. Then it happened as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David that Michael, Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. So they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent, which David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. When David had finished offering the burnt offering and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Further, he distributed to all the people, to all the multitude of Israel, both to men and women, a cake of bread and one of dates and one of raisins to each one. Then all the people departed to his house. But when David returned to bless his household, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How the king of Israel distinguished himself today! He uncovered himself today in the eyes of his servants, maids as one of the foolish ones, shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me ruler over all the people, over Israel. Therefore I will celebrate before the Lord. I will be more lightly esteemed than this and will be humble in my own eyes than with the maids of whom you have spoken. With them I will be distinguished. It finishes with telling us that Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child to the day of her death. David is singing and dancing before the Lord, and the people of God are singing before the ark, and they're rejoicing. Uh, uh, Trevor and I were joking before that we are definitely a white church, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> apologies. Um, I think, and I'm seeing it a little bit less, um, you know, Trevor asked last week that we, we clap during some songs. Yes, let's clap during songs. I can't clap and sing at the same time, okay? Uh, neither can Katie. Although one of us could stop and clap if we, we felt like we needed to add some clapping. Feel free to clap. I, I love it when I see out of the corner of my eye someone standing. Uh, I've seen it uh, recently on several sides where they want to worship the Lord and they want to stand up. I think it's easier to sing when you stand up. Um, just personally, but um, we seem so concerned that we're doing things the right way here that we lose the fact that it is okay to be emotional when you worship the Lord. It is okay to worship Him with all of our might. Um, You might get looked at if you dance by yourself. 
But you know, we we have the kids dancing here. It's okay that yes, it's we it kind of feels like it's dancing for the kids. It should be okay and appropriate for the adults to join them, right? We are dancing, we are singing, we are praising and worshiping the Lord. And I think it's it's hard for us um, because our goal is not here to have an emotional response every week. Um, I, I grew up at a church like like this where. Um, we sing hymns, and then when I was a teenager, we started singing the praise choruses. And then when I went to CBU and uh, started going to chapel, that was a very different experience for me. Uh, I had um, right um, we're we're in we're in the Magnolia Church building, and I'm surrounded by my friends, and we're all interested in, in worshiping the Lord. And and while you're at a church doing that, it's different. Uh, you're singing new songs, and by the end of it, you you feel an emotional high. And so I experienced that a lot my first year at, at Cal Baptist. And then in the second year, I was expecting to feel the same thing, and I was no longer feeling the same thing, and I thought there was something wrong with me, right? So, how do we balance that? How do we balance that that desire to feel something, or worshiping the Lord, which clearly was manufactured, because my faith hasn't changed, um, but I thought it had. So because I was no longer feeling something, like I said, I thought there was something wrong with me. So how do we balance that? How do we look at that? I wanna, I wanna, I'm want I almost done here, so I want to hear your experiences with that. And I want to encourage you at the same time, like when we're here worshiping, and yes, it's not the time to stand up because we're not in the presentation section. If you want to stand up and worship with us, we're already standing. Stand with Katie and I as we're standing and playing. Feel free to do it. Um, Eric and I have often said to each other, it's such a quiet church, too. And I know not everybody is a singer, and not everybody loves to sing out loud on other people. Um, but as my wife will tell you, she is not a singer. She is correct. She is not a singer. But she's not afraid of singing. Um, and, you know, uh, while you're singing, even though it's... it's And I understand that hymns... Um, because of the way they're written and the style that they're written in, they don't often kind of feel like they're inviting you to be emotional. But I have been up here um, reflecting on the words that we're singing, and it has made me emotional. I, some of you maybe have caught me being choked up. I'm not, why is Jeff not singing right now? Well, because the words of the song are affecting me. It's not necessarily the music, okay? Uh, and so maybe we need to, to, to turn our focus on that. But please be encouraged to, to worship and to ex- express yourself in here um, that is appropriate. Um, so, um, I, would, I would like to pray, and then I would like to hear your responses, hear your thoughts uh, about this, what we talked about. Um, so, bow your heads with me.